BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. All right, thanks everybody for joining in, tuning in to another week of 8-Bit Suplex. Uh, we're ready to, to talk all things Impact Wrestling and a little bit from the world of video games here. As we mentioned on last week's show, uh, Sandy's going to be on a brief two-week hiatus, going around, changing the world, uh, doing things, and uh, you know we wish her the best as far as that goes. She'll be back with us uh, towards the end of the month here. Uh, but I'm joined tonight from, by a very special guest from here on the network, the Social Suplex Podcast Network. And that is uh, from One Nation Radio, Mr. Rich Lotta. Rich, how you doing, man? I'm good, man. Just uh, glad to be here. I love, you know, doing guest spots on uh, podcasts. And when Josh number two was like, yo, I need you, I was like, hey, you know, let's set it up. So um, <laughs> definitely glad to be here. And uh, hopefully I can, you know, just facsimilate a, a reasonable impression of the great uh, Liana Dos Santos. Yeah, you know, I many have tried, Rich, and uh, many have failed. Uh, you know, well, we'll see what what big things we got cooking up from Sandy. Uh, I'm happy to have you here. I I know I think I first mentioned this to you a couple of weeks ago that it might be happening. Might need you to step in. You've been ready to go from the get go. Uh, we are going to get into yes, uh, a game that you and I uh, both play uh, that we talk about in our group chats that I think the rest of the group gets annoyed with because they don't play the game. But for us, it's a lot of fun to talk about it, um, and that's Fire Pro Wrestling. We'll get into that, you know, a, a, after we talk a little bit about Impact this week. And Rich, before we get into it, I got to ask you uh, because I'm not as familiar with the TNA Impact product. Uh, what's your experience watching TNA, watching Impact? How familiar are you with kind of what they're doing now, or you know, how close do you keep tabs on it now? So I'll I'll watch it uh, from like I'll just from a distance i'll pay attention to what's going on so like sure. there's a couple wrestlers that i'll follow in there and you know and see you know what's going on with them you know how close are they to the title 
what's her contract status, different stuff like that, because Impact's sure. kind of rapidly changed and since the emergence of AEW to where like Impact is kind of like what Ring of Honor used to be, it feels like. It feels like they are a high-class feeder system, but still a place people can, get, can go and be on TV in some form. Um, as far as my history with Impact, I would randomly see it throughout the mid-2000s and be like, what is this thing with the six-sided ring? This looks like wrestling in Mexico, but they're not Mexicans <laughs> in there. So, <laughs> um, or at least some of them weren't. So, um, right. I, you know, I would see that, but never really like paid attention to it because all throughout like the mid, uh, like last decade, like I didn't, uh, or like the 2000s, I didn't watch wrestling like full time. I was a sure. child fan of the Attitude Era and then came back around when The Rock came back. But, you know, in between that, I, I was aware of what TNA was. I knew I saw when like Hogan, of course, when he came in with their, um, you know, their version of the NWO in 2010 when Dixie Carter tried to basically restart the Monday Night Wars. I was aware of that from a distance. I wasn't an active wrestling fan. Of course, Bret Hart was on the other channel. Um, but then I, then again, I started watching it in 2012 throughout the summer um, to when the Aces and Eights was going on because they were running in Tampa. They were coming to the Sundome for like a, a marathon taping. So I wanted to kind of freshen myself up. So I went and I remember going to that show and really liking it. Lots of big names were there at the time. And, you know, it was like Kurt Angle, Samoa Joe, AJ Styles, Sting, um, Hogan, the whole Aces and Eights, Chavo, everyone you can think of. Like, yeah. Um, yeah, Dixie From opened there, up the checkbook there, huh? It, I mean, she was ready to write checks. <laughs> right. Right. But from there, I, I never really fell too much back into it um, because, you know, I started getting like heavier into, you know, what WWE was doing, what NAC started doing. And it, TNA just kind of fell off the radar. <clears throat> and then, you know, you start seeing all their uh, different troubles with the TV networks and they're falling to a lower network and lower network and lower network. And it seems like they just fell into a tailspin. And then somehow I watched Slamversary 2018 and it was excellent. Like it was from top to bottom. It was one of the best shows that year. And from there I was like, man, I'm just going to always kind of be, be aware of what they've got going on. Um, and then, of course the world has changed again and they've um, been one of three companies that were running the entire time. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting to see how impacts adapted to this environment because they've always had a strong women's division and they've always kind of had, I don't know if it was necessarily always good or not, but they've always had like a realm outside the ring and to see like different things that they've tried. Like Russell house is interesting. Um, right any of the undead realm because that's not my thing but um <laughs> yeah i'm a very casual at best um fan of impact i would you know i, I would watch it if there were more hours in the week yeah i, I had hear nothing you. else to do <laughs> i yeah absolutely i mean there's like you said i mean there's there's just tons and tons and tons of wrestling product out there uh you know both both stateside and internationally and, you know, when you mentioned the, the, the Kurt Angle and the Hulk Hogan era of TNA, like, I, I think I happened onto it at a time where, like, you know, like, Bischoff's out there with Hogan and they're talking. I mean, I'm like, I was, mm -hmm. you know, flipping through, you know, Spike TV, Channel 53, for those of us that had Bright House Cable uh, in the Tampa Bay area in that time. And um, I think I was like, man, I don't want to watch this. 
what is this shit? Like, <laughs> I've already, I, <laughs> I, you know, I left Hulk Hogan back in the 90s. Like, I need to get away from that guy. You know, I see that guy walking around Clearwater. I don't need to see him on TV again. So, right. you know, I just kind of, you know, shoved it over there. And I wasn't a full-time wrestling watcher either. And so at that point, I was just kind of like, I don't need to, you know, tune in. Um, and I didn't really honestly tune into Impact uh, until we started, Sandy and I started this podcast. Uh, because we wanted to give people something uh, else to hear about besides, you know, your usual, your WWEs, your AEWs, your New Japans, uh, just to kind of give a different angle. And, and I've actually been pleasantly surprised by it. So, yeah, man. Um, <clears throat> they've got lots of, um, you know, people that they've got lots of interesting characters. They got they have some people that can't go anywhere else. And then they have some people that they just kind of ended up here through circumstance and they're kind of making the best of it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and they, some people are returning here, right? So some people started in the TNA impact mm-hmm. realm, got their big WWE contract and now found themselves back, you know, guys like Brian Myers, who we'll talk about later, Eric Young, obviously uh, Tommy dreamers kind of hovered around TNA pretty much since ECW kind of faded. Um, so, you know, which, you know, I hope to talk to Tommy about it at some point. You know, we do uh, have a you know open Twitter DM. So uh, he did send me a message once that I you know we kind of I think we're best friends now. So yeah, <laughs> we'll man. we'll have to see how it goes. Uh, you know, jumping right into it, I, I thought it was really cool to see a tribute to Barry Scott right off the top. Um, one of the best Same. voiceovers uh, in wrestling, and it was kind of cool that they kind of carried his voiceover uh, from previous episodes to do the recap here. Um, of last week's episode. Um, I thought that was a really nice touch. Uh, we got to see what happened last week. Of course, uh, Alicia Edwards came out and cut a nasty promo on uh, Eric Young. Uh, he gave the old, I don't care. And she, uh, she made him care a little bit by giving him the old five fingers to the face. Um, and then of course, you know, he wanted to give her a pile driver, which Tommy dreamer had a problem with, uh, which, you know, I, I would do. I mean, you can't, can't be, can't be pile driving 90 pound women, rich. <laughs> Yeah, she she was pretty upset, and Eric Young looks like a complete psycho now. It looks like he's a um, he looks like hardcore Holly in a strange way now that he's like cut like the beard off and he's got like the blonde hair. Yeah, I, I made the point to Sandy when we when we first started talking about uh, Eric Young that he's probably the only guy in history that's ever shaved his beard and and looked more crazy because of it. So. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> <laughs> so, but you know, we get that recap of last week, kind of setting up what this week's going to look like. And this was actually a pretty match-heavy episode here of Impact, Rich. Um, typically, we've only been getting about four matches total, and that included like Wrestle House matches, which are like two minutes, you know, kind of silly little ones. Mm-hmm. Um, but they went pretty heavy here. There was supposed, I believe, to, supposed to be a talking uh, interview type show with Rob Van Dam called the Whole F and Talk Show. Um, it didn't seem to debut here like it was going to, um, which I'm not going to complain about. Uh, so, but you know what? I am very happy that we got to see this match right off the top uh, from the Knockouts division, which we've talked about was is probably uh, probably the strongest division, probably a division that at any given point here in the near future could get decimated by contracts and, and different things like that. They have some really talented women there, um, but we see. Uh, what I would say probably three out of the four of this women in this match are people that want to see them in other promotions. Um, So we get Deanna Perrazzo, who is your knockouts women championship uh, holder with Kimberly uh, teaming up against Kylie Ray and 
formerly known as Sue Young, now currently known as Susie, um, in a tag match here, which is setting up kind of, you know, we see this in wrestling. Kylie Ray's the number one challenger. You're going to see some tags. They said next week they're going to get Kimberly versus uh, Susie in a one-on-one. So they're kind of like the number twos are going to battle it out. Yes, we got a little bit of time to bound for glory, which I think is where this right. match is going to take place. Um, but Rich, what did you think about this match here? I thought it was a pretty good match. It was um like Susie is clearly doing her gimmick. Um, she's a wrestler that I've paid attention to probably since 2015, like when she was working in Shine. She was doing the Undead Bride gimmick. Seems like she's changed a little bit, and it looks like she's added more either muscle or something like that. Like She looks like a completely different wrestler in that time. Um, Kylie Ray is a, ph- a phenomenal athlete. You can just see how oh, she yeah. goes around the ring. Uh, she's just like, you can tell she's a workout warrior. She's probably a CrossFitter. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, Deanna Perrazzo, she comes out with the title. Like, she has, she's completely reinvented. She has this look on her face like she knows she's the woman. And I'm not really a fan of Kimberly, but she, even she was, like, pretty good here. So um, I yeah. thought it was a solid opener. And it was just, like, everyone kind of, you know, Susie was doing her gimmick. Kylie Ray was was doing a great hot tag. And, you know, Deanna was a um, – she she's a world champion right now <laughs> yeah for like they're a better description yeah that's a great description and you know like you said all four of these women really i thought worked a pretty good match here and and you kind of hit the nail on the head with kylie ray i mean she, when she steps into the ring it, the the talent level of the ring was already high but when she steps in it seems to just kick up that much more um mm-hmm. she's she's really on top of her game I know a lot of people are talking about the, the match that she had with Tessa over the weekend at Warrior Wrestling. I haven't had the chance mm-hmm. to check it out yet. Um, but she appears to be on the verge of really breaking out as this huge, like, you know, start to people start talking about, you know, top one, top two women in the, you know, at least stateside uh, in wrestling. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's, yeah, she's I, an excellent I, worker. Yeah, I, I'm. I like her in ring. Her, I think her gimmicks a little bit much sometimes, but it can be. Yeah, uh, there, there, there's clearly a lane for it. So we'll just see where it goes. Like as long as it's like it's it's fine to me because you know I don't have to necessarily watch her talking segments. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know it, it's it's one of those things where I, where she's someone that the other stuff I think is probably why she hasn't been in a bigger promotion, right? She mm-hmm. hasn't because she, she doesn't really, I don't think have that mic work to transition the character into the mic work. She has the character mm-hmm. pretty solid. Everyone knows Kylie Ray's character. She's always smiling, always happy. And then even when she's turned up the intensity, she's still happy. Right. Whereas that doesn't, she hasn't figured out a way to get that over on the mic I, from what I've seen. Um, but like you said, pretty good match here. It goes nine minutes, eight seconds. And then, uh, Susie picks up the win, uh, by giving Kimberly the, uh, panic switch, which is actually the finisher she used as Sue Young. And they talked about that on commentary. Some, a little bit of a darker side of Susie starting to come out, um, and kind of revert back to, you know, Sue Young, you know, Madison rain, I, by the way, rich. Uh, she will tease the shit out of whatever angle they might be running. So if you listen to the commentary, if you key in just on what Madison Rain says, she's she is telegraphing what's going to happen weeks ahead. 
She's so, giving this shit away. She no is, point. yeah. So at some point now, because of what she was saying, I'm expecting Susie to revert back to Sue Young um, and turn on Kylie Ray. We're not there yet, obviously. So you know, we'll we'll enjoy the uh, the ride, so to speak, uh, with those two going forward. Um, but yeah, I mean, when when it was Kylie Ray and Deanna Perrazzo in the ring, that that was an upper echelon level work, you know, at that point. Um, and, but all four women did really well. I didn't mention Kimberly much, but I think she does. She serves. She's a serviceable hand here in this match. She had a like not great just a couple years ago. Kind of soured me on her and yeah. her Twitter antics are yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah, yeah. She she was fine. No, nothing, nothing, nothing like bad or necessarily good. It was just like, oh, we needed somebody to kind of come in there and, and do their thing. But um, uh, Susie with that Miss Noku driver, that shit looked brutal. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. She, I mean, she hit that finisher nice and clean and, and with a lot of power. Like, it was kind of out of nowhere too because that match, the whole match, Susie's not really doing a whole lot of power moves, and then she just hits you with that, and you're like, okay, so maybe that is a little bit of that Sue Young coming out. Uh, and really, I mean, she drives Kimberly through the mat. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. The, the, the undead realm stuff. Like I, I wish she could kind of just, you know, I don't know. I, I, I like Susie <laughs> more than Sue Young at this point. I hear you. I hear you. I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to disagree with you. We'll, we'll see where that goes. Uh, but you know, so we get that match out of their way there. Uh, you know, it's hard to tell. Uh, which way they're kind of tipping their hand with how they're going to book the championship match at some point, because neither cha- the champion mm-hmm. or the challenger was involved in the finish, which is kind of unusual. Um, so we'll see where we go Smart from there. Looking right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Leaves us, leaves us wanting more, quite frankly. Um, so moving on here, uh, give some, I'm going to give some background here. Cause I'm not sure uh, with the X division, how much uh, you're aware of what's going on. Uh, so Rohit Raju is your current X division champion. He got there by talking himself into a triple threat match with Chris Bay um, and TJP, I believe it was at the time. Or maybe it was Trey Miguel. I, my memory's not serving me correctly. Um, but so Raheet takes the title off of Chris Bay by turning on him at the end. Now he's been saying, he's cutting these promos, oh, this the X Division's the land of opportunity. Everyone that wants an opportunity is going to get one. And he spent the last four weeks not giving opportunity to anyone, right? Kind of classic, you know, chicken shit yeel stuff. Um, he's been cutting some pretty decent promos. He yeah. he tells TJP last week, "Hey, you gotta go beat uh, you gotta go beat Chris Bay to be the number one challenger because he's got his rematch. So if you want my title, you gotta beat him to get the number one. T- well, okay. So then he tells Trey Miguel, "Well, you gotta go beat TJP. So now he beats TJP, and now we're setting up. You know, we'll get into that match a little bit later. This man's a He's he's really finessing here to try and you know not get in the ring." And hang on to this title. It was, you know, it was a fun little backstage thing. Uh, and we see uh, uh, Impact kind of gets their uh, backstage stuff rich. They've been hit. They hit it kind of in a row to kind of get it, keep the show moving uh, in between matches. Yep. So we see uh, Kira Hogan and Tasha Steeles uh, come up to Johnny Bravo. Uh, Johnny Bravo, of course, is engaged now to Rosemary. And this is the second week in a row they've been pushing. Hey, we're going to be your best men. We're going to be your best men. Let us play in this thing. Let us help you. And he doesn't want anything to do with it because Taya doesn't like them. And Taya, of course, is his manager, but it's kind of like a weird, like, you know. Um, 
but then Falaba comes out of the restroom. Uh, it was what it looks like. He says, I've already chosen my best man. It's Falaba. And Falaba's like, what? <laughs> so it was kind of a, you know, fun little, lots fun, lots fun of, little. Lots of best men stuff going on in um, wrestling right now, it looks like. You know, Rich, one thing that I've learned being a wrestling fan is that we can say it's all different, but man, is it the same a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, Follow Ball came out. They, they, they were shot. They were like, I didn't even know you spoke English. He was like, I think he said something like, of course I can talk or something like that. Yeah, he's like, a Google funny. Translate. Uh, Follow Ball yeah. is uh, hilarious. <laughs> yeah, it's Google, like, Google <laughs> Translate. That's right. <laughs> So they, they they hits him with the uh, two words, eight letters, peace out. <laughs> right. So uh, I thought it was, you know, it's it, it's it's these fun little segments they kind of chop up the action with. Uh, we get into a, a tag match here uh, following that triple XL uh, taking on the Deaners. Uh, what's your familiarity with any either of these teams, Rich? I've seen AC Romero before. I've never seen any of these other gentlemen. I, and I'll say – um, maybe that's for a reason. Like these are four unique looking gentlemen, uh, in the world yeah. of wrestling right now. Uh, the one, two of them are really, really big and fat and two of them are really ugly. So, uh, a good old, this is an old fashioned mash right here. Yeah, you know, it was, it was a little bit of, as our friend JR would say, a little bit of a slobber knocker here. Uh, only a four minute match. I don't know how much longer, uh, Larry D and AC could really go for, uh, when we had Jeremy uh, Donovan, of course, of, of the Ace of Podcast, keeping a strong style on the show, uh, he had said that you know AC Romero is actually a lot more athletic than he's been showing an impact. Uh, he you know he'll do suicide dives and different things like that. So, yeah, yeah, know, I've yeah, seen I, him do that before. Yeah, you know, I mean, he's teaming up with Larry D. I don't think Larry D. can do any of that stuff. Um, I thought you know AC hit a pretty nice uh, kind of senton bomb uh, on the mat, uh, and of course, uh, you know. Larry D picks up the win by giving the uh, best hand in the house, uh, which, you know, we've, we've seen the old right hand from the big man uh, finisher before, uh, you know, very reminiscent of the big shows uh, knockout punch. Um, but, you know, I thought it was for four minutes. You're, you're going to get in, get out. I thought the intensity was pretty high. I don't know what you think here, Rich. It was all right you know it was um you know something to keep keep the keep the car moving they clearly i would assume i, I would assume ace romero is kind of the star of, of this match here and yeah. the guy that they would you know probably commit to a little bit more over everyone else deaners just seem like you know they're here they're on the show you know no they weren't bad or anything it was just you know kind of regular yeah, you know, these two tag teams had a lot of uh, scene time, uh, screen time together on, in Russell House. Um, they kind of tried to let the you know those four guys kind of pave away a little bit, get some character work in. They had this epically long, and, and I mean extremely long segment uh, in Russell House where they kind of brawled um, throughout mm-hmm. Russell House um, and to try and show some character work. And you're, you hit the nail on the head. Uh, AC Romero is... As far as uh, mic work and character work and charisma, just heads and shoulders above the other guys. Um, and, and I expect at some point he might get some kind of singles run. Um, not necessarily breaking him up with Larry D. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, he's definitely the you star can see of that it coming. team. Yeah. So, after that, uh, they actually transitioned right into another match, which is uh, unheard of the, you know, the last few weeks here on, on Impact Wrestling. And I thought this was uh, a pretty solid match here with Trey Miguel of the Rascals 
taking on TJP. I kind of, you know, I showed the showed the hand earlier when I said that he won. Uh, but, you know, uh, take us through here, Rich. I mean, we all know that TJP is the self-proclaimed best wrestler that ever lived. You uh, mean the great TJP. The great you, TJP. You, got, you, have, you have to make sure you, you um, acknowledge him as such. You know, right, exactly. a man who has never, ever learned from an opponent, a man who has just been he's wallowed in his own disappointment and, and sorrow that he could never find someone, you know, that was worthy to be able to teach him a man who has wrestled in the same matches. Kazushko Okada as Jushin Thunder Liger has gone through his entire career and not learned a thing from any of them. You have to really feel sorry for that man, don't you? I do. I do. And I, you know, maybe that's why his matches work for me, Rich, because I'm coming at it from a place of sympathy, right? He got in that ring and, and, you know, he really, he couldn't learn anything from Trey Miguel there at all. Right. I mean, mean, he clearly, I mean, TJP's calling those shots. He's quarterback in the match. Uh, But, you know, all joking aside, I thought this match was pretty fun. It's pretty good. Yeah, this was um, this was real nice. This is my style kind of wrestling, like fast, smooth wrestling and, um, for everything that I like to say about TJP, as much as I never ever want to hear him open his mouth either on the mic, in the show, or off the show on Twitter, which you know it can just get horrible for him there. Yeah, uh, <laughs> he's always been a great hand, great at the moves of wrestling, and just super smooth. And yeah. this was um, this is probably my favorite match of the night. Um, yeah, I'm probably Trey with Miguel you. got the win, and I yeah. I was kind of shocked. I thought TJP would get the win here, but um, it seems like Trey Miguel is kind of getting uh, pushed because he's you know headed for for your boy Rohit. So um, yeah, yeah, just a lot of smooth work here. Yeah, you know TJP uh, when he does things, it doesn't look like he's putting a whole lot of effort in, right? And I think you mm-hmm. can kind of ding him for that as well. Um, but it's there's a, there's I think he has to find that balance between smooth. And coming across as not caring. And I don't mm-hmm. think he's kind of found that exact balance. Uh, but even the way he gets in and out of holds. Um, I mean, he, the man did a, a superplex off the top rope, rolled through it, and then went into an octopus stretch. Which I've never seen anyone even come close to trying to do anything like that. And it was silky mm-hmm. smooth, the whole thing. It didn't look like it didn't look like two separate moves, right? It's crazy. He, he it's kinda like... just, he, and then next thing you know, Trey Miguel's in an octopus stretch. After he just got his, his help smacked on the uh, the mat there with the superplex, I thought you know, but, good. So match. you can say a lot of things about TJP, but you can't knock his wrestling. Like, no, um, not a bad. Wrestling. I think he's like I think he's exceptionally gifted, and I would if I had a if I had young wrestlers like a Trey Miguel. I would definitely have them wrestling TJP because, like, <laughs> they'll yeah. learn something from him. Honestly, <laughs> yeah. As much as we as much as we joked about that before, you you are going to pick yeah. up some good some good things, some good habits. And and you know too, I mean TJP, as far as I know, has always got a reputation as a super safe worker, uh, as someone that you can go in and you can have a, a really good match with. You know, this one was seven minutes, but you can go twenty five minutes with TJP, and I think you'd still get a good quality match either way. Um, but, you know, yeah, a lot of uh, stuff comes down to opportunity. Yeah, it does. Right. I mean, and he's, you know, the only time he's been in a major promotion stateside, they stuck him in the, you know, they're trying to build a cruiserweight division again and sticking on a completely separate show. And, you know, he had great matches in that cruiserweight classic tournament. He had great yep. matches in the, you know, the initial run of 205. 
and he kind of got kind of made him like the dumbest baby face in the world like like right. he's on the all-time dumb baby face list like with sting like with becky lynch at a certain point yeah. um like like pre the man becky lynch yeah river uh, dance river dance becky lynch yes he was like he's like so, something like please lose this like fake match to me like brian kendrick was like and then like he lost to him like it was so dumb like <laughs> right bro, like I, I there there are archived episodes of one nation radio of me and james clowning on that shit yeah no and, and it deservedly so right but that said i mean think about that Let's let's step away from from the Impact show for just a minute, because a lot of these guys um, were either that came out of that Cruiserweight Classic and you know that two hundred five roster. We we're seeing them now in Impact, right? You got TJP there, Rich Swan, and then you look at some of the other guys that are still kind of hovering around that two hundred five, you know, kind of in the balance there. Your your Cedric Alexander's, um, uh, they obviously got rid of Gentleman Jack Gallagher for good reason. Uh, Brian oh, Kendrick, yeah. you know, I mean, they they had the best crew, some of the best cruiserweights in the world, Rich, uh, on two hundred five live. But they didn't, they didn't. Why why couldn't you have used that third hour of Raw for the two hundred five stuff, right? Like what Bischoff did with the, <laughs> with the cruiserweights back with in Monday Night Nitro. Yeah, I, mean, just, I, I just, think you know, I I think it's a function of WWE never having known what to do with smaller wrestlers in general, True. and especially like with the whole thing being such like uh in-ring work-based thing vince was drawn to someone like enzo so like there's a there's a natural disconnect there um i right. remember being going back and forth and wanting 205 live to like just succeed in the biggest way possible i remember the first um day they did a show after they fired enzo more and I believe the main event was Mustafa Ali and Cedric Alexander. And that whole show was like a, please give us one more chance. Like we, yeah. like we, you know, it was like one of those. And then it just descends because they don't have a long-term interest in almost anything. Like let right. alone like the, the, cruiserweight the, the eighth. Yeah. The, the cruiserweight thing. They have raw SmackDown, NXT, the main event programs on each. Like these guys are getting the scraps. They're at the kitty table. Uh, it's not really the wrestler's fault at no. all. It's um, it's more opportunity and also like presentation, and it's jacked in both cases. It really is, and, and you know these guys go out. They were going out there and busting their ass week after week to people that left the SmackDown, uh, you know, live show. Right? I mean, yep. those stadiums would empty out in droves because they didn't want to sit around for a third hour after SmackDown and watch, you know, guys they'd never heard of. But, you know, yeah. for guys like you and I, especially, you know, we, we subscribe to the, you know, quote unquote, rich lot of pro wrestling, uh, you know, <laughs> cruiserweights, you know, luchadors, you know, flips and, and high flying. And I mean, I had never seen, you know, there's guys that I found that I saw on 205 Live that I'd never seen before. You know, guys like mm -hmm. TJP, guys like Grand Metal League, um, mm -hmm. guys, you know, that, you know, Cedric Alexander, that Mustafa Ali, they went out there and just they just fucking just gave everything they had. And I enjoyed it, but at a certain time, even I dropped off because it's hard for me to, to care about it when the company doesn't, and it make they make it harder and harder to watch it because they're yep. also throwing more and more content in other places, right? So, right. but you know, all, all that sidebar to say, you know, uh, you know, TJP's you know in a position here where he's in a championship hunt, 
Rich Swan, we'll get into later, is is getting back into a championship hunt. Um, so you know these guys have rebounded and and they continue to reinvent themselves because you know what, they're pro wrestlers, man. They're always going to mm-hmm. find the next gig. That's that's what their whole life is. We'll right? Land somewhere. So yeah, <laughs> exactly. So anyways, uh, you know we go uh, after Trey wins. We see uh, Des and Wentz of the Rascals uh, get the uh, shit kicked out of them backstage by uh, the North and by Ace Austin and Madman Fulton, uh, kind of changing the lineup, so to speak, for that match that was happening later on uh, in the show. And of course, uh, you know, the ever opportunist uh, all-time tag team finessers, the Good Brothers, step in to say, hey, Dan, don't worry about it. I haven't had too many beers uh you know talking shop beers uh let's we'll, we'll we'll wrestle with you no worries and uh you know it, so, it's, so these guys are are they baby faces um they are positing them as as baby faces in the sense that they will fight the north and they'll fight ace austin and madman fulton and and kind of you know make sure they they, they came out and cleaned house uh last week in the tag division and set the stage but you also kind of get the idea that they're not exactly full-on babyface. They're kind of they're they're a tweener, but not in the traditional sense. They're just right. kind of quote unquote good brethren. Um, <laughs> and and that's kind of, I mean, hey, listen, if you're gonna pick a gimmick and run with it and brand yourself around it, might as well get your employer to go with it too, right? So sure, why not? They they probably got all the stroke and impact right now. Uh yeah, and I'm sure they that uh, they keep on. Uh, yeah, you know, they're on Twitter at least once a week trying to get their old buddy uh, Alan to come back to Impact. So <laughs> I don't, don't think see. there's enough. I don't think there's uh, Anthem Sports has enough money to uh, sign AJ Styles and keep anyone else on the roster. I don't think there's. <laughs> <laughs> you would watch AJ Styles in a broomstick for two hours every week. Damn. Which you know, honestly, I mean, that actually might not be a bad episode of TV to watch once, um, but. <laughs> You know, what's what's we'll see what happens with uh, with Sir Allen, but I don't think he's going anywhere. So, Rich Swan, uh, as I, I mentioned before, comes out here and uh, cuts a. I, I thought you know pretty pretty good promo here with Scott Demore. Um, yeah, good emotion. Yeah, it was. Um, I thought some of it got hokey at the end, like how how fast Demore kind of flipped and was like, "I see the fire in you," but besides <laughs> that. <laughs> Like I thought, um, Swan was like, because this is like Swan's in a main event position, a world title program, yeah. if you will. Yeah. So it's kind of a different look for him. So, um, I was watching him and I was just like, huh? Like so, like so, set the stage for me. So the it looks like he did did some type of retirement angle previously, or yeah. So this year at Slammiversary, uh, there was a five man um world title kind of scram, not scramble. It was a it was a you know. One one shot of a six pack challenge, right? Yeah. So um, Eric Young was a surprise last minute entry. It's supposed to be a four way. Eric Young yeah. shows up. It's a five way match. Um, at maybe second elimination, it was an elimination match. Um, so um, at some point, Rich Swan gets the roll up on Eric Young and eliminates him. Eric Young loses a shit. Starts beating the uh, piss out of Rich Swan, gets his leg wrapped up in a chair, um, and basically destroys his leg. And then that led to the following week, uh, Rich Swan comes out, cuts a promo, says he's he's giving it up, 
he can't do it anymore. He has to be able to walk. He has to be able to, you know, kind of do all these things. Willie Mack mm-hmm. is with him, uh, you know, supporting him. Then you know, like the week after that, uh, Willie Mack has a match against Eric Young. Eric Young beats him up. And then uh, Eddie Edwards winds up having to save Willie Mack. Uh, Eddie Edwards at the time was the champion, of course. Um, and so there's just been this kind of this, this steamroll thing where Eric Young has take, purposefully taken these guys out to get yes. to the champion. Evil. Right, exactly. The 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 maniac, right? Um, and so now Rich Swan surprised him by coming out after because Tommy Dreamer, like we mentioned at the top of the show, uh, saved Alicia Edwards from getting pile drived because Eddie Edwards got taken out uh, and had his right. knee destroyed. So uh, while Tommy Dreamer was getting destroyed by Eric Young, a one footed Rich Swan on crutches comes out and cleans the ring. Um, which surprised Eric Young because the whole time Eric Young was saying, this is all by design. This is everything is happening exactly the way I planned it. And then mm-hmm. Rich Swan shows back up. Um, so that kind of sets the stage for now he's you know begging for Scott Demore, like, hey, give me one more shot. I'll be ready. I'll be ready. Um, and I feel like you said it gets kind of hokey because uh, Eric Young decides to lay out Scott Demore for some reason. Um, yeah. You know, if if you want to get the booker to not book the match that you don't want to get, running the man over is probably not the best <laughs> way to do that. <laughs> yeah, man. Like, so a lot of this stuff, like, um, he was saying that you know, uh, he Swan doesn't care. Like, he doesn't care if he's crippled after Brown for for because uh, he wants to fight Eric Young that bad. And yeah, um, he was like, I know you used to be a, a competitor too, and. It was like like he was trying to really like you know persuade that man. I thought it was a you know pretty good argument. Went a tad long, but I mean they're setting up a world title match, so I can't really knock him too much for it. Yeah, you know, and and this is a show too that has sometimes given more time to minor stories than they do their world title picture. Like uh, mm-hmm. when Eddie Edwards first won the championship, he did an open challenge, and like they one of the episodes, like I think like the second open challenge he had. He started the show with it. So, mm-hmm. I, you know, I've never seen a world world championship defended as the first match on the card. Um, mm-hmm. And they did that. It was, a, it was a match against Rob Van Dam, um, which no, actually I wasn't, think they did know, that. wasn't that bad. But. I think that wasn't that like fresh off of their pay-per-view where they had like a bunch of like new people watching kind of. It was a couple weeks after. It was after that. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah, it was a couple weeks after. So, you know. They, they did definitely try to, hey, look, we got a new champion. We got a new this. We got a new that. Hey, oh, wait, Eric Young's here. Oh, the Good Brothers game, right? They're really trying to capitalize off of Gallows yeah. and Anderson. You know, um, and, and they still are to a point. They haven't been – I think this is only like – I think this week was about their – I think they're only like second actual match, maybe third since mm-hmm. coming over there. They're not working that hard. You know, they're just Good Brother in the back. You know what I mean? <laughs> what a shock. <laughs> <laughs> but so you know uh like you said uh scott demore gives uh rich swan uh what he wants he gets eric young at bound for glory uh for the tna world or not tna god uh the impact world championship um october 24th so he gets about a month to uh to get himself correct here yes sir and uh so we we set up for uh after that, we get round three of Brian Myers, uh, who, of course, uh, Rich, I'm not sure if you're aware, he is now going as the moniker, the most professional wrestler. 
Um, I saw that. And he's uh, he's going up uh, match number three with Willie Mack, uh, third week in a row. Um, Willie Mack is someone that Sandy and I have, have just gushed over on this show uh, because a man that size shouldn't be doing the athletic things that he's doing. Uh, I mean, Bro, the man does standing built. moonsaults. He does, you know, uh, planches to the outside. I mean, it's it's stupid stuff. The guy, he does kip up. I mean – you name it, he does it, right? I mean, it's just, it's, it's, he's a fun, fun wrestler to watch. Um, and he gets himself here in round number three with, uh, Brian Myers. Yeah. Um, for those, if you've never seen Willie Mack, right, he's built exactly like the junkyard dog. Same body type. If you put white pants on him and thump on his ass, it would be like, <laughs> hold on. Like, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but he's he's so much of a like he's a great athlete. He's like, you know, just the stuff you see him do, like like you mentioned, is just like, all right, man, why aren't you further in your career? Like, why aren't you on a higher level than impact? But yeah, um, yeah he's 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 immensely talented. Obviously, you know, they've got he may I know in the past he's ran into, you know, folks not liking the aesthetic uh, Mm -hmm. that he has, like, you know, the look and that's kind of held him back. But right here in Impact, like and Brian Myers was pretty good, too. It was like, man, like, I guess you can work, too. And there's a lot of you. There's something to be said for opportunity and yeah. impact is a place where people can get opportunity. So like even someone like, you know, as low on the WWE totem pole as a Brian Myers, we all know this guy has something to offer. Like he's been training people for years. Mm-hmm. So like, you can't be a bad wrestler and be a trainer. Like it doesn't work like that. So, right. Um, you, but, you don't yeah, get this, too many students if solid. you're a bad wrestler. Yeah. Right. Right. And now he, in his school, he trained MJF, didn't he? He's got MJF. He got uh, Chris Statlander as well. Yeah. So, you know, two two big-time uh, trainees there. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I thought he worked a pretty solid match. Uh, Brian, uh, he definitely is a solid hand. And, you know, uh, Rich, when you work 211 straight losses, I think you kind of learn uh, how to work a pretty good yes. match. You know? That's right. I forgot <laughs> so, about that. Yeah. Unbelievable. So, like, wins and losses in WWE so bad, like, you don't even remember the, all the L's that this man has taken. Unbelievable. Yeah. And he's done a pretty good job, I think, uh, in, in the weeks that he's been back in Impact, because he came back after Slammiversary as well, uh, doing a pretty good job of making people kind of forget about Kurt Hawkins. Uh, I mean, right. because when you watch him, I'm not thinking about, oh, he's about to take this L, right? So, right. Um, but, you know, he won the first two matches against Willie Mack by uh, being cheap, by being cheater. Um, even though he's supposed to be professional, right, he's still out right. there cheating they, his they ass off. They put that over really hard. They, they did. They did. Thank you. And I was like, man, this is a very insider ass gimmick, but okay, I guess. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so you know, we see, uh, you know, he pulls the top, uh, the top turnbuckle pad off, and unfortunately for him, it comes back to bite him in the ass. Uh, which we normally see when someone takes the turnbuckle off. Uh, but, you know, you kind of had that thought of, well, I mean, he cheated twice and won already. Maybe he'll get a, a third time uh, to win against Willie Mack. And so I, I don't think they're done with this program. I think neither guy's any, got a, really any motivation to move on past it. Um, but, you know, we'll, we'll right. kind of see where these guys going to go. Maybe they have at some point. Uh, I theorized with Sandy that they might get to a point where there's just no DQs. And just really just go ham on each other and, and you know, cheat cheat as much as you want. 
You're probably right. So this is a this after this comes a really interesting uh, backstage segment with uh, Moose, who is the self-proclaimed TNA World Heavyweight Championship. I didn't slip that time. Yeah. That is the actual championship belt that he claims to be the holder of, uh, which Scott Demore does a pretty good job of burying, uh, by saying it's a prop that he uses to be a made-up champion. Um, it's a prop belt. Right. <laughs> you know, just they, they a do a literal gimmick. They do a pretty good job of burying the past. Um, they really tried to do that um, as, when they're not doing their flashback segments every week. Uh, right. But Moose, uh, Moose decides that he's got someone he can call for help. This was strange, wasn't it, Rich? That this he... was hilarious because there's nothing that says you can't do this, right? No. But it's it just makes you look like hold on, like because he's <laughs> he never says Chris Jericho. No. He never says like. Anything aside from like, hey, demo god, like, and he's like, he's having a phone conversation, right? So, like, yeah, man, I know when you lost that belt, but it's a phone conversation, but you don't know if he's actually on the phone, you don't know if there's no one on the phone. It it was just, I was like, yo, only impact can do this because not enough people are watching, they would right. get buried if, if they did this anywhere like, else. Can you but imagine for them? I think right. it works if, if like. If someone in WWE had a one-sided phone call where they said, hey, demo god, and then they ended their phone call with, hey, next time the bubble is on me, people on the internet would be losing their minds. Correct. We would, we would have heard about this before watching this today, Rich. Correct. Like, I, I had no idea that this happened. Like, you have, uh, you know, uh, uh, let's just call Moose, you know, he's kind of that upper mid card, you know. He is a champion, so to speak. Um, right, right. Pretending to talk to Chris Jericho <laughs> on the phone <laughs> about what to do when somebody steals your championship belt. <laughs> what? Unbelievable. That, I, I can only think that comes down to um, uh, Don Callis and Chris Jericho's friendship. It has to be. It, it just, I mean... I'm sure probably Don Cal probably it's really shot him a, a perfect text. dig. It's really a perfect dig and a great like heel thing. Like you don't fucking know Chris Jericho, or maybe you do, and it's just like right. a nose nudge, wink wink to everyone that knows. Listen, now I'm just like, now I just want Jericho to show up in the impact zone, Rich. <laughs> you know what? Hey, you know what? Prove you're the demo god, Rich. Go in the impact zone, yeah. and see what kind of numbers yeah, you can draw. Okay. <laughs> Uh, bring, bring that bring that, that rating that'd up hilarious. to a solid 200 that'd be hilarious <laughs> but you know i there's not really much else to talk about the ec3 thing is kind of you know ec3 has been cutting these video promos and you know he does them well i can't knock him for it but video promos don't do a whole lot for me because who knows how many takes it was right so yeah. um but I, I trust that ec3 is doing those most of the time first or second take he's a pretty good promo guy that was never his problem um, and in He's WWE, so really, his, his, his problem with WWE was uh, they just stopped booking him for matches inexplicably, right? I mean, at all, they stopped booking him at all. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, hey, you watch come, that. Come that your, look, come move yourself from city to city and put oil on yourself and stand in the mirror. Like what? Right. Like, <laughs> like when you watch that ladder match for the North American Championship at NXT New Orleans, 
You watch that guy go out there and bust his ass and look just as good as everybody else in that match. You're thinking, man, I can't wait to watch more of this guy. And then you don't. Bro, because they intentionally, don't. he intentionally goes out there and was like, I am not no pretty boy. I will yeah. come out here and buy it. I will wear this fucking ladder. I will take whatever move, like, clearly, like, going out there to wrestle to prove a point and it yeah. didn't fucking matter <laughs> like no and and it doesn't it doesn't make any sense it doesn't make any sense and you know and and sandy if i have tried to make sense of it it doesn't make any sense i mean he has the quote-unquote look that vince likes he was taking all the worst bumps i mean he'll take any bump he doesn't care and yeah. you know he goes he's a good wrestler good promo what was missing I think it's the the fact that he left. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But you know, maybe it's payback for you know being on TNA all those years and trying to right. trying to take the brass ring, so to speak. But I don't know. I don't know. We get a just to keep this rolling here. Uh, we get a pretty you know string of of nonsense here with you know Rhino and Heath Slater uh, sneaking into. Uh, so, well, Ryan, Heath's not supposed to be there. He's mm-hmm. been told every week to not show up by Impact Management because he doesn't work there. Although, obviously, he clearly does. Um, right. But Scott DeMore is throwing him out constantly. And so we see uh, Rhino sneak him in. They're both wearing their hashtag Heath for Impact shirts to try and get him a job at Impact. They're going to steal money from Hernandez so that Heath can buy Jeez. more. So. So, so Heath can buy more commercial time for his Heath for Impact campaign, so he can get a job at Impact. Because you know, as always, Heath has kids. Correct. <laughs> um, we move. Uh, we move real quick here to uh, the photo shoot of one Tennille Dashwood, who uh, had last week promised that she was returning to work at Impact this week, um, which apparently just meant that she was going to be taking uh, photos. And, of course, that's interrupted quickly by a very annoyed Jordan Grace, um, which is going back to a couple of weeks ago when Tennille interrupts uh, Deanna Perrazzo's black tie affair to celebrate being the Iron Woman uh, knockouts champion. Um, Jordan Grace is like, yo, what the fuck? <laughs> like, you said you were going to, like, be actually, like, working your job, not being an Instagram model. And Tennille's like, whatever, man. Like, I'm here. I'm working. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this was, and- like... It's some corny a shit. A choice. Yeah. yeah. This was a choice. And, uh, but it looks like we're going to see uh, Jordan Grace get to get her hands on uh, Tennille Dashwood next week. Might have to tune in because, you know, uh, my reputation precedes me when it comes to Jordan Grace. And if you know, you know. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, hey, listen, I'm right there with you, buddy. Um, on top of that, I mean, she is uh, a really, really solid worker. Uh, I don't think I've seen a, a bad Jordan Grace match, um, at least not not recently. Um, so, interesting to see. Uh, Tennille hasn't wrestled in a while. If they actually have the match, um, it'll be interesting to see kind of what where she's at. Um, I was not a big yeah. NXT watcher at the time of Emma. Um, I don't know. I mean, ha- were you ever a big fan of hers, or you know, just kind of like uh, you know, kind of so kept she it had something. She had something at one point, and then it seemed like she just kind of got to the main roster and then, like, laid it down. Like, there were um, 
a lot of women that were coming right behind her that were just more talented flat out. Sure. Um, and I don't know exactly how hard she's like going to prove like that, you know, she's whatever level talent that she thinks she is. She seems to have, when she shows up, uh, she has fans that will follow her and all that, but I feel like I haven't seen it for a long time in her. So, yeah, um, she's got a great opponent next week, so she won't have any excuses. No, she won't. No, because I, I think Jordan could probably carry most of that roster to a pretty solid match if they wanted to. Um, but, you know, we'll see what happens. But sticking into the knockouts uh, division here, this is part two of uh, Taya's uh, mini feud here with Kira Hogan and Tasha Steeles. Of course, last week, Taya defeated uh, Tasha Steeles in a pretty quick match. Um, I, I mentioned on this podcast last week, Rich, that uh, when Taya hit uh, Tasha Steeles with the road to Valhalla, it was the most brutal um, performance of that move that I've ever seen. I mean, mm-hmm. Tasha Tasha caught her face flush on the mat from that. Um you know, for the, for the listeners and, and for you, Rich, if you missed that particular move, go back and, and find a clip of it because I don't know how Tasha Steeles was able to, you know, brush her teeth in the morning. It was pretty brutal. Um, but, you know, this is a pretty quick match here. Uh, I'm a big fan of both Kira Hogan and Tasha Steeles. Um, Taya is obviously Taya. I mean, she's, you know, world-renowned uh, as far as you know, women, females wrestling goes. Um, but what do you think here, uh, Rich? Uh, Taya's, or excuse me, not, not Taya, uh, Kiara Hogan's come a long way, um, before I would, I, this is another, um, wrestler that I've seen in shine years ago in like their formative stages. And it was like, she was a pretty face, but there was not really much there work wise. Uh, she was taking some good bumps in this. It was short, but she's a couple more years into her career and kind of growing more confident with herself. And you can just see like in her ring entrance and how she's carrying herself. So, yeah. Um, I think um, Tasha Taya, probably helps she's that certified. Too. Yeah. So yeah, Taya yeah. helps or Tasha helps with that. Yeah. Taya certified. She's a super vet. We all know about her. Yeah, exactly. I, like I, I always say on this, if you want to just, you know, lose yourself for a couple hours, go watch her triple a matches, uh, especially mm-hmm. the ones with Tessa. I mean, not, not that I'm trying to put Tessa over, um, but those matches are are absolutely incredible. Um, but yeah, I have three... a strong mind. <laughs> <laughs> this is true, <laughs> but yeah, like I said, this is a short one. Uh, it went three minutes fourteen seconds. Um, so you know, it, it it served its purpose. It kept it rolling. Uh, I think officially eliminates uh, Kira and Tasha from being the best men for Johnny Bravo. Um, you know, uh, it's interesting though, but I mean, Kira Hogan does get the win because of a distraction from Tasha Steeles. Um, so we'll see if that kind of pushes Kira Hogan somewhere um, or if it means that she gets to wrestle Taya again, or they might mix in a mat- tag match with uh, Taya and Rosemary against Kira and Tasha. So we'll see kind of which direction they go there. Um, but I thought, you know, I mean, it was a pretty pretty solid uh, bridging fisherman netbreaker out of uh, Kira Hogan to finish it. Yeah. Like you said, I mean, she's come a long way as far as the in-ring talent goes. And I don't know. The blue hair does it for me, Rich. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. There's a controversy on Twitter. You know, like the, the Diva stands and the Sasha Banks stands don't tend to take too kindly to Kira Hogan with the blue hair. So it's, it's a war zone out there in those streets. In, in, oh, excuse me. In those tweets. 
in those tweets. There you go. Uh, well, you know what? I why why can't we just say both? Right. Exactly. Both both these gals, right? So we do see uh, right after that because we can't waste any time getting back to this story. Uh, Rhino and Heath uh, sit down to uh, Rhino sits down to arm wrestle Hernandez for his uh, stack of cash, um, and we see uh, you know kind of some funny back and forth. Uh, and then, of course, Heath steals the money, and Hernandez, we never see him notice that the money is gone, which I thought was an interesting kind of uh, <laughs> thing there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, nothing really to say there. I mean, Rhino Rhino pulling some some classic uh, character work out of Rhino, the, the whole, you know, back and forth. And you can tell with Rhino that he's, he's happy with the role he's got. The only yeah. time I've seen him wrestle since we started this podcast was literally a five-minute handicap match, or he had a two-on-one against him that he decided to dress up as a cameraman um, and sneak in and and hit his finisher to give Rhino the win. Um, which you know, apparently, apparently, Ginger's dressing up as cameraman is a thing that we do now in all of wrestling. Um, Who else but, did that? Uh, that would be it Mr. Was Orange, Orange Cassidy, Cassidy, right? Yes. Yep. Orange Cassidy <laughs> did that, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and then six weeks later, uh, Heath Slater on Impact because. Like I said, hey, All Impact can get connected. away with it. You All know, is connected. They, right? They're running a wedding angle at the same time AEW is. Well, AEW kind of started it after. So, I, you know, we can say AEW saw that Impact was running a wedding angle. And Impact right. saw that WWE was running a wedding angle earlier in the year. So, I mean, right. all this, you know, everybody has to hit their stories, you know, at least once a year, I guess. Um, but, you know, whatever. It, it was the thing that happened here with them stealing the money. I'm sure it's going to lead to Hernandez beating the piss out of him. Perhaps Heath, perhaps Rhino, perhaps both. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, we see uh, – we mentioned this earlier, but there's a, a lot of confusion around Rohit Raju and his uh, X Division championship belt. Uh, we see that he kind of books himself into a corner here where now there's going to be a triple threat between TJP, Chris Bay, and Trey Miguel for the – Number one contender to the X division. Um, I still don't believe something that that's tells what's going to happen. Same. Something <laughs> tells me, uh, you boy Rohi Raju. This man looks like he's an ultimate finesser, but he's about to like run out of good luck, and yep. he's going to do something dumb, and it's going to end up being a four way. I yeah, I feel like he's going to interrupt in the match next week uh, in some way, shape, or form. It might catch a, a, a triple super kick or something out of those guys. Uh, not taking too kindly to his uh, manipulation. As we right. see in wrestling, it's tried and true. The the weasel manipulator always gets what's coming for him. And, and unfortunately for Rahit, uh, who has had zero title defenses thus far, um, I think he's losing it on the first one, and it's probably going to be in a four-way match at Bound for Glory. Mm, when is Bound for Glory? October 24th. So we, we still got a month to get to. Uh, you know, you know it, it's one of those things where it, the, the card, their card's going to start taking shape a little bit. Uh, right. You got your world championship match booked. You got your women's championship match booked, most likely. I doubt they're going to, they're not going to waste that match on TV. Um, and it looks like you're going to set up your exhibition match pretty good there. The tag team match, you know, hey, we might be setting up what's going to be the, as we talk about the main event. Um, you know, I thought this was a pretty good eight man. Um, it goes 11 minutes, 28 seconds. With uh, the uh, heel tag teams picking up the win here, Rich, uh, I didn't think the heels were going to win this. But then as I, it's kind of started going on, I kind of started thinking, okay, well, the baby faces don't benefit because they have the belt. So you got to yeah. set up some kind of challenge here. 
uh, coming Can't out of this. Can't beat the Good Brothers. No, 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 no. The Good Brothers were definitely not taking a pin here, uh, and they barely helped. Um, although I will say at the end, Luke Gallows uh, really put in some effort. That man was sweating like a pig on a, a barbecue. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, Ethan Page might be my favorite like impact guy. I, I love his like persona, and I think he's just uh, – I, I think he's a looks like a wrestler's wrestler. I, I love uh, – I think if he took his physique uh, seriously earlier in his career, he'd be further yeah. along. Yeah, but um, he's he's got it now. So like this guy's like I, I think he's can be a really big star somewhere. Uh, one yeah, day. Um, you know, the North is a tag team. You know, Ethan Page and and um, and the Natural uh, Weapon, I believe, is, is what his uh, partner's uh, moniker is. Um, I really really like them as a tag team. They're really good. You got to see some of their work showcased here. Uh, Motor mm-hmm. City Machine Guns. I mean, those guys are. I mean, they're just on. They're just clicking so fast back and forth. Some of their tag team work is like some of the best that I, I, you know, you see anywhere in the world. I won't put them up there with the Bucks. I won't put them up there with you know the up that elite level. Not no pun intended um, <laughs> for the tag teams. But I think like the North and Motor City Machine Guns, outside of AEW, are doing some of the best tag team work uh, anywhere in the world right now. Yeah, I, I, those guys are definitely good. And funny, uh, I was looking at the lineup for this match and seeing, you know, the match. Uh, Ace Austin, he he kind of gives me that that uh, that I never want to hang out with with that guy. Uh, Austin Gun vibes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's something about the name Austin, maybe. I, you know, outside of uh, Stone, outside of Stone Cold. Maybe maybe that's your connection there, right? Look, you got Austin Aries, who you don't right? want to hang out with. Ace Austin, Austin, Theory. Austin Gunn, Austin Theory. Man, <laughs> dude, this is even deeper than I thought. Yeah, turn into 8-Bit Suplex where we uh, bury the name Austin. Correct. <laughs> Except for Stone Cold. But you know what? He was known more as Stone Cold than he was as Steve Austin. Stone Cold! Right? Stone everyone Cold. knows Stone, Stone Everyone Cold. knows Stone Cold. So, yeah, we'll, we'll excuse that one. But, uh, yeah, no, I mean uh, – I will say this, uh, six of the eight guys in this match, I really want to watch more of. Um, mm-hmm. And the other two, I don't really want to see. And you could probably figure out who those two are. Nothing against yeah, Carl yeah. Anderson. Um, but, you know, watching him wrestle along with Luke Gallows, I just don't think Luke can go anywhere. Or I guess Doc Gallows is what he's going by now. Luke Gallows is his WWE name. But, you know, watching, watching uh, Doc go and, and you know, I mean, they, these guys are getting up there, and big guys that get up there, I mean, we see this every fall time. Fall off a cliff. They fall off a fall cliff off. real fast. So, you know. But I, these I, guys, like, I I think they <laughs> they benefit from no having friends in the right places everywhere. everywhere. They will always have a job. They will always be able to get uh, big bags in, in yeah. the sport. And – I think that's like a function of kind of what they got going on here. We know they're probably have a lot of stroke here. They're probably not going to lose too often. And then, you know, they're probably going to end up back in new Japan. So like these guys are on my list of elite level workers that, that I always talk about. Yeah. No. And I mean, I, I, we haven't speculated on this show about like contracts or, you know, paying uh, for their talent, but you have to imagine that they're probably close to the, if not the top paid guys in impact, they're probably outside of, you know, a few of the other WWE cast offs. 
they're probably the most recognizable people on the roster, right? So I, I can't I think I think so. I, I can't imagine that that Impact's not trying to bring in more viewers that way, um, and paying for that because I mean, look at the other WWE guys that recently left that are there now: Heath, Rhino, Brian Myers, Eric Young, right? And then you have you know Rich Swan's been there, TJP's been mm-hmm. there, um, mm-hmm. Rob Van Dam's been there, uh, Tommy Dreamer's been there. I mean, there's a lot of ex WWE guys. But out of all that, I mean, Carl Anderson is known worldwide. Look, they've right? got new money, so, and then they can wrap themselves in, like, the fake Bullet Club aesthetic that I don't know how much, like, life is left in it, but it's probably worth something. Yeah. I mean, you see NXT tries to make uh, hints to it every chance they get. I mean, <laughs> you know, the, I mean, for God's sakes, Rich, I mean, Gallows and Anderson were known as the club. Right. I mean, <laughs> right. Just listen, just pay whatever New Japan would, would, wants you to pay to be able to say Bullet Club. You know, you want to think well, about I think about the profit. Think about that. Oh, no, nope, never mind. Nope, we're not. Nah, I can't be doing that. No, can't make can't make our fans happy. Can we, Rich? Nope. <laughs> we, like, we, we, we don't we don't want this together. Wrestling world. We want this shit all broke up. Absolutely. So. But, you know, that's it. Uh, that that was the main event there. Uh, you know, Ace gets the pin after uh, the North does the dirty work. That kind of set up a, a bad taste in their mouth. But Ace tags himself in, gets the old pin, and, uh, you know, we'll see uh, if the heel tag teams don't have a fight before uh, they decide who's going to challenge the Motor City Machine Guns for the titles. And right, I assume right. that, honestly, it doesn't matter because I think the Good Brothers are probably taking the titles at Bound for Glory. Yeah, it looked like a lot of, like, um, you know, everybody, like, on the fallout, like, they're stealing the pins, the North are pissed, uh, Motor City Machine Guns lose, the Good Brothers just, you know, kind of hanging out, so yeah, so everybody's mad about something. Yep, and, you know, the, I, I'll say this, is that, you know, the tag division at Impact isn't that bad. Um, I say, you know, obviously their knockouts division is talked about uh, with good reason. But I don't think the tag division is that bad. I think it's probably better than their men's single division um, because you have teams like the North, the Motor City Machine Guns, the Rascals are an excellent team. Um, so, you know, we'll see kind of where that goes uh, as we head towards Bound for Glory. But uh, that's this week's episode. And, uh, Rich, before we get into uh, talking about some video games here, I do want to say that uh, support for 8-Bit Suplex and all your shows on the Social Suplex Podcast Network is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Yes, no doubt. That keeps it on me. <laughs> and there it is. You know, if you listen to One Nation Radio, you know uh, Rich. Rich loves to signal its ad time by just clicking on the uh, the lawnmower 3.0. There, I have a lawnmower yes, 3.0 as well. I paid full price for it because I wasn't a host on the on the network. Um, but you know what? It was worth every penny of somebody. it. Well, I should say, I will say, Rich, I didn't pay full price because I'm no fool. I used the promo code Suplex. Uh, ah. I got 20% off and I got free shipping. Uh, and, you know, I talked about it on the podcast oh, last man. week, Rich, but, uh, you know, I definitely I used my crop preserver that I got in my uh, my bundle kit there. Um, and I used my Manscaped premium boxers when I went to all out. And you know what? No problems. Normally, yeah, I'd did. be like, you know, I'd get out of the car at the end of the night, 
you know, getting in there at 4 a.m., 5 a.m. Uh, after those long Jacksonville drives, being in the heat all day, having to, right. uh, you know, kind of waddle myself in. I was waddle free, Rich. Waddle free. <laughs> so definitely head on over to manscaped.com. Use your promo code SUPLEX. Save you 20%. Get your free shipping. Uh, and while you're at it, go ahead and trim that junk of yours. Yes, sir. So moving on uh, here, we are, you know, when, when I first reached out to Rich, where I was kind of throwing out some ideas. Okay, hey, you want to do this? Hey, you want to do that? And uh, Rich knew exactly what thing he wanted to talk about. He came at me with Fire Pro Wrestling. And uh, like I said earlier at the top of the cast, uh, this is a game that we both play uh, we, uh, currently on the PS4. Um, I definitely am newer to the game than you are, Rich. Uh, so why don't you give us a little bit of kind of a, a, a history of yourself playing this game uh, and kind of walk through, you know, some of the different titles, some of the different uh, consoles and things. Yeah, man. Um, Fire Pro, I kind of ran into on accident probably in the mid 2000s. Um, I picked up the version that they had for PlayStation 2 and it was where I was like, man, they've got, they, it was like, oh yeah, insane customization. And I always kind of heard about Fire Pro, like, you know, peripherally um, because the games were released on like Super Nintendo, which, but I was like, you know, a PlayStation kid. So I didn't really, you know, get a chance to have Super Nintendo and all that. And I had Sega and stuff like that. But um, I got into it and I was like, man, this is really fucking hard to play. Like, yeah, the, I, I didn't know the 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 timing of it. I didn't know the point. I was like, none of the moves work. This sucks. I'm not <laughs> playing this. And then I literally like put the game back in the box for years and years and years and just never played it. Whatever. Yeah. Then, you know, I heard about the new one that they were releasing for PS4 and also Steam. I had it on Steam for a while, too. And it was like, well, before they do that, I'm going to figure out how to play this. So I started watching YouTube videos and seeing, you know, different people, you know, with the booking modes and also basically how to play the game. And then in the new one, there's a really great um, how to play the game um, like mission mode that, that kind of tells you everything you need to do. And it's all timing based. And then once I figured that out, I was like, Oh, the game just opened up completely for me. And then I was able to go back and play the PlayStation two. And I'm like, Oh, I can do it now. Still had the same game. So I had the same game that I bought in like 2005 to this day. Right. It works. And, That's um, awesome. from there it was like, well, why don't I try to play all those other Fire Pro games that ever came out? So I'm a person that loves to do illegal, you know, tech things. And um, I modded a PlayStation 1 to my cell phone. And I modded a new Nintendo 64 to uh, my cell phone through, like, ROM and all that. And I was like, all right, let's go get Super um, Fire Pro Wrestling X. You know, how they always used to name stuff on, like, uh, Super Nintendo. Oh, and yeah. I remember talking with Josh of Keeping It Strong Style. He's like, yeah, man, one of the old ones, I'm not sure which one it was, but there's a story mode where, like, the ch the guy kills himself or something like that. And it's nuts. Like, so wow. that one is actually the Japanese-only copy that was on PlayStation 1. I had that on my phone. That has WWF, WCW, New Japan, All Japan, and in Fire Pro, they obviously don't have the names 
uh, for the clearance aside from recently. The new ones, like they, you know, got branded with New Japan. So there were like, you know, official guys. But the cool thing about Fire Pro is it's obviously a big creation suite. So you there's the editing tools and the creation. Uh, You can do anything. I'd spend. um, But. Yeah, like, and I figured out, hold on, all these games relatively play the same. And once you figure out how to play, it's almost like any other great sports franchise, you know how to play forever. Mm. So that that's kind of what I did. And then it was like, yep, I played the <laughs> all of them until the new one came out. And then I just decided I'm going to be a boss at this. And then I was like ready. And I'm playing on like level seven of ten comfortably. I'll play on eight sometimes if I want a real big challenge. Anything okay. above that, it's like, yeah, man, I don't know who can who can be, play on 9 and 10 and win. Uh, I could say that probably 10 or 11 years old is probably probably my <laughs> guess. Because <laughs> they'll, they'll sit there. I mean, kids these days, like, and I thought I played a lot of video games as a kid. Uh, kids these days, they'll latch on to, like, one game and just become the most expert at it. Uh, I had to give up, like, fighting games altogether, Rich, because once it became, like, an online experience – uh, right, like Street Fighter, forget about it. Nope, uh, uh-uh. uh, can't it? I, it, it, Street Fighter online for me is unplayable. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I, I, it's funny you mentioned yeah. about how you had to kind of figure out the secret of figuring, you know, playing the game because when I first turned on Fire Pro, I was like, all right, this is pretty cool, and I didn't play, I've not played any of them, but the one on PS4, uh, I, you know, I downloaded it on PS4. Mm-hmm. I loaded up the match. I'm like, all right, this is going to be awesome. All right, I'm going to be, you know, I, I think I had like Kenny Omega and then I was going to race, you know, I wrestled like some, you know, uh, lower mid Carter kind of guy. And I put I put the difficulty maybe on like, you know, three or four just because I was like, well, I'm kind of new to the game. Maybe I'll just, you know, start in the middle. And boy, did I ever get my mm-hmm. ass beat. I didn't land a single move. The computer will beat your ass. The computer will beat your ass and not have mercy. Like, like it's, it's yeah. not like any other wrestling game. No, there's no time to think either. There's no time to like, I think, you know, I tried, kept on trying to do stuff. And I, you know, threw a couple of drop kicks that came up completely empty because I was like on the other side strikes of the ring are, somehow. Strikes are useless. If, if yeah. you're, if you're thinking about doing strikes, like completely take strikes out your game, like out your plan. Yeah, so I mean, once once I kind of I, I played a couple and I, I just still couldn't figure it out. I was like, man, I don't know, and I just kind of put it away. I didn't keep playing it, um, and then you know, in the group chat, you started talking about like the uh, the fire promoter, and I went, I looked at that, and I was like, okay, well, that's like an extra of like twenty five dollars. I'm like, man, I don't know, like, is it that good? And then like you kept on talking about how good it was. So, you know, I, I, I caught it on sale. I saw it on sale one day randomly. It was like uh, Sony had their, like, uh, you know, uh, Japan Classics uh, sale going or something like that. And I went and I bought it. Right. Um, and I bought a bunch of, like, the uh, character packs, too. So I got, like, the uh, uh, the Stardom pack. I got, like, the additional New Japan packs. So I got, like, you know, basically everyone that, that they, yep. you know, licensed for the game. Um, and I went and I started doing, you know, Fire Promoter. And... For a game mode that you do nothing but set up the card, I mean, I I spent hours and hours and hours and hours, yes. uh, and still do. Same. <laughs> um, because you know, but but here's the thing, Rich, and, and I'm sure you can relate too. Like when you first started playing sports games that had seasons and franchise mode, right? 
I remember the first time I got Madden and it was franchise mode. I was like, what the hell is this? I got more interested in what happened with the simulations than me just, you know, winning 70 to 14 again. Right. So, okay. Right, what about right. if I, what if I made this trade here? Or I made this thing here and I got this guy off of waivers and, you know, and I think that that bred me to be the perfect customer for fight for fire promoter because I just lost. I, I mean, I just yes. go, I mean, signing like you get the five big five-star wrestler signing, right? Like, when you sign Kenny Omega, you feel like you're like you just jump out of your chair, your Bro. arms raised, like yes, I got him. It took me until like <laughs> it took me until like the seventh year to be able to sign Kenny Omega. I was trying to get you know I'm a big Kenny Omega is my favorite wrestler pretty much of all time at this point, and I was like I want him in my promotion, and I've gone for years and years and years. And I've set up a, a partnership with AEW, and then one day I just flat out deboed him. I was like, "I'm offering you a contract," and then he said, "Yes." It was amazing. Um, yeah, but, I remember that yeah, day in the group chat. <laughs> yes, yes. It, it's like I think I'm like eight years into the mode, like maybe seven, seven or eight, and I've got well over a hundred million dollars. So it's not. It's like once you have all the money, it's not as much to do. But right. I'll play matches every so often. But as you mentioned, the simulation aspect is like really good to see how much you're able to draw. Once you figure out how much you need to spend in advertising, uh, how much you need to do to continue to grow throughout every country. What I'm tr- what I'm figuring it out now, I think it'll take me like 20 years to be able to get an A across the world. Yeah. It's like you have four regions of the country or, or the world. You've got like the U.S., you got Japan, you got Mexico and Europe. So you, you start signing guys from different regions and it helps you break into those areas. It's 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 booking just like, you know, it, it should be done. You got to manage contracts, egos. You got to mention it, um, like manage uh, people wanting uh, like injuries. Uh, there's yeah, fire promoter is a uh, is a wonderful fun mode. It's almost like uh, those those games where you you download them for free on your phone, that, where you have like a bakery or something, right? And right. then you need like more money essentially, but like you don't have to pay extra money. Like once you have the mode, it's just like you start with six wrestlers and you continue to just build. The first time I, I did it, right. I think I uh, went out of business in like three or four months. It was hilarious. Same. Same. I was like, all right, let's run this big show. Let's sign this person. And then I'm like, oh, shit, I'm out of money. Like, what happened? (laughs) You got to really. And that's the end of the mode. Slow burn, (laughs) man. It is is a slow. Have you you reached a point? Have have you reached a point where other companies are folding yet? Yes. Uh huh. Yeah. I mean, like, I think I want to say, like, I'm probably in that that year seven to nine range. Um, I was going to throw okay. it on today and, and, and kind of, uh, take a look at where I was at, but I did, I ran out today, ran out of time today between you know, work and school. And, uh, my wife, uh, started like a new gig today. So I was, you know, I was drop off and pick up guy for, for VPK for my son. So, uh, I ran out of time, but yeah, I'm yeah. in that, that, that year seven to nine range where like, you know, whereas it starts with like, you know, say 10 promotions, I think there's only like seven left. Um, and I keep on trying mm-hmm. to like help the little ones, like because I've grown to like number one or number two, and I keep on right. trying to help the the little ones, like hey man, like loan me this guy, I want this guy, like because I'm running a uh, yeah, a lucha I'll, promotion. I'll send you such and such. Exactly. So I'm running a lucha promotion, 
And like, I'm really trying to get like, you know, I got all the top tier Lucha guys, which there's, you know, they're, most of them are generic. Um, but like, you know, I have like, you know, the guys like uh, Desperado and, and uh, pulled over from New Japan. And some of them though, like, it's like, listen, I'm in the right country. I have the right style that you want. I'm giving you like mm-hmm. the maximum contract offer and you're still telling me no why, you know? Right. And it's like, well, maybe they think that I have too many guys like this or I don't know. But, you know, it's one of those things where, like... You know what I do? I, I save the, the file before I offer a contract, and if they say no, which locks you out of offering someone else, I just reload the sim and move to another guy <laughs> or whatever. Like, I've been doing that for years and years. I'm like, there has to be a hack um, that I can figure out to be able to make sure I don't waste offers. Right. Exactly. Yeah, it's the old, uh, you know, if you use... Uh, uh, emulators and ROMs is the old, uh, you, you know, up to quit switch to a different slave, uh, safe state, save it there. Then you just hit that F3, F4, right? F3, yep. oh, fuck, I messed up. Oh, I jumped too far on that ledge. F3, F4, bam. And you just keep on clicking yourself back into that spot, keep trying that jump again. Yeah, same yep. thing. I mean, that's the only way to guarantee that, like, you're not wasting like six months of your promotion trying to sign, you know, uh, Tai Chi when he doesn't want to come to your promotion, right? Like, you know, like, why not? (laughs) Come on, Tai Chi, come come be over here. We draw. (laughs) Come over here and and not sing your song, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, please, you know, uh, we we don't need it. We don't need it. And actually, you know, like, I I do a lot of gaming uh, with with no audio, so he could sing if he wants to. I just probably just turn the audio down, you know, because my my gaming rich happens a lot of times after – Wife and kids are in bed. Uh, oh so, yeah, that late night. Yeah. And 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 you've seen my house. You know that TV's pointing directly down the hallway towards the bedrooms, so that shit goes way down, so I don't get in trouble. Um, <laughs> because they, you don't know this yet, and maybe someday you will. Uh, but if you wake up a child uh, that's already gone to bed, um, your ass is grass. <laughs> Damn. I'm going to have to remember that one. Yeah. Uh, unless you really – listen, invest in a good couch. You'll spend a few nights there uh, anyways just by living life. Um, but, yeah, I mean I'm, I'm coming up on uh, seven years of marriage, and I learned that lesson early on with the kids. Uh, my yeah. son will be five in November. Uh, do something to wake up the children. You suffer the consequences. Um, mm. Just, just put that in the back of your mind if, if that's in the cards. I have cards to remember that. Um, yeah. So, but anywho, uh, yeah. I mean, super awesome game series. Uh, it's got longevity, uh, like a lot of uh, Japanese series do. Uh, I think when I looked in here earlier, Rich, it was 1989, which is the first one that came out on uh, what is called the PC Engine. I don't know that I'll, I'll ever bring PC Engine back up again on this podcast. Um, but <laughs> it's basically it was a computer game first. Uh, that originated in Japan didn't make its way to the states until checking my my uh, my Wikipedia here. We did not see Fire Pro Wrestling in North America until 2002 with Fire Pro Wrestling 2 on the Game Boy Advance. Um, wow! So you know this is a, a series that lived uh, in Japan for a very long time, um, and then. Uh, didn't and then the PS2 is when it started regularly being over here. Um, but you know, it, it's definitely go out if you're a wrestling fan. Uh, even if you're not big into games, you can do the fire promoter. Fire promoter stuff is really good. 
Um, definitely, it's on sale pretty routinely on PS4. I assume probably on Steam also. Um, yeah. So definitely, you know, if you're a fan of wrestling, pick it up. If you're yeah, a fan of games, you know, I, know, I know some people are thrown off by the graphics because they're very cartoony, but I think after a while the gameplay is just like get so good, where it's like, well, I I, it, I think the gameplay outweighs the aesthetic of it because there are you never have the same match twice. Yeah. It's um the time it's all about the timing and it's all about stringing together uh small moves, medium moves, then large moves and then like devastating moves and that back and forth and they also grade the matches um to how yeah. good your match was, which is which is a thing we didn't mention yet and be like, yeah, do you, can you get a 100% match uh doing it this style? Can you um, if, if you're just squashing your opponents, you'll never get 100%. So it gives you the incentive to have good matches and try to win all at the same time. Yeah, I mean, it, it's this the it, the the depth of the game, the quality of the game. Um, I don't. I think it's it's something that lends itself to not needing to be a huge graphical achievement, right? It doesn't right. need to look like you know the first time you clicked on. You know your super your your Nintendo sixty four right. The first time I played Super Mario sixty four, my jaw was on the floor. Of course, looking back mm-hmm. at it now, it didn't really hold up that well. But <laughs> you know, it doesn't need to be. And, and Fire Pro, in a lot of ways, looks like those old sixteen bit Super Nintendo games. Um, and you know, as, as someone who co-hosts a podcast called Eight Bit Suplex, uh, going back to the old school graphics doesn't bother me a whole lot, Rich. Right. Um, right. So, and, and I don't think it should really bother anyone either. Like, like you said, the the gameplay lends itself to it. It looks super awesome. Um, and I think that a lot of those, uh, those series that stay in Japan for a really long time, they don't feel as much pressure to make the game as flashy as we have it over here. Um, right. Because everything over here is like, okay, well, which console has the best graphics? Oh, this game looks great. And, you know, most magazines have their rating system, at least back in the day. I, I say magazines, but it's 2020, so not so much with magazines <laughs> anymore. More like websites, right? Uh, will have their own separate category for graphics, and I think, in, at least in Western gaming, the amount of pressure that we put on graphics, I've seen a lot of pretty games that suck. Mm-hmm. Right. So I, I personally, I'm on the side of like what we're seeing with Fire Pro. Hey, if you want to do 16-bit graphics but make the game awesome, fucking do it. Like, right. I won't. Like, I'd rather have fun than than be amazed. Uh, and, and sometimes. I'll- I would definitely want to give a shout out to all the creators in um, the Fire Pro community because they are yeah. who really makes the game go. Um, if your favorite wrestler comes out with a new outfit on and they debut a couple new moves, I guarantee you, like um, like Miguel F is gonna be, <laughs> I think that's his name, gonna be creating like the new outfit and Fire Fire Pro, and then the um, you know the uh, matching moves. The game itself, since it's not a yearly release thing, and it's strictly they they uh, the developers for Prior Pro also they give you the tools to for the creation suite to be able to keep the game alive. It's right. something that just kind of it's a always it's an ever evolving game. So I cannot play Fire Pro for six months and then go in and be like, okay, what's in the creation suite? Okay, all these new outfits for these guys, and I have like. I don't know. I have like seven or eight different Kenny Omegas just with different outfits on. Like sure. there's tons of them. Like, so uh, definitely big shout out to all the creators uh, in fire pro because without the creators, like, I don't know if the game is nearly as fun. 
Yeah, I mean, I haven't done so much uh, downloading from anything from those guys. Um, I don't know how flexible that is on PS4. That might be a little bit easier. On oh Steam. yeah. So no, no, no. Um, PS4 yeah. is robust. Is it okay? So I'll have to check yeah. that out more. But yeah, I've played the game without doing that a whole lot, Rich. Uh, and I've still found it to be a pretty fulfilling experience. Oh, like wow. you said, I mean, there's there's still multiple outfits. There's still you know wrestlers. You know, there's still a lot of different ring. Uh, even just like the you know, the actual canvas on the ring, uh, is right. customizable. Right. If you, right. you want it to look like, you know, the New Japan ring and it has the, you know, all the different advertisements on it and it's blue, that's fine. I saw one, uh, somebody did an AEW uh, canvas uh, recently that looked real nice. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, like you said, I mean, shout out to those guys that um, I'm going to assume don't have children and, and wives that tell them that they have to do stuff. Uh, yeah. But maybe that's maybe that's wrong of me. Maybe they that's just their spare time. Like they're. Like, but there are folks on there that are, like, being like, yeah, I'm going to create the entire 1997 WCW mid-card. Like, <laughs> just any kind of dedicated, like, uh, niche, like, is on there. It's like, I was looking for, like, Takumi Aroha, and I found her on there. Like, so, they right. create everything, bro. Everything. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you you can take that initial roster, you know, let's say whatever, you know, because a lot of the, the Fire Pro stuff is... Uh, random generation uh, of mm-hmm. the characters, like you said, there's you know the licensing things and everything. Uh, but you can expand that. That that roster is endlessly expandable because of the com- the uh, creative community. So yeah, definitely a big shout out to those guys. Um, you know, and just to to shift gears just a smidge here, uh, Rich. You know, as we're kind of wrapping up, um, the we talked last week, Sandy and I, about the Xbox uh, Series X and the Xbox Series S coming out with their price points. Um, and we said, you know, uh, Sony hasn't told us much about what's going on. We've talked about how, you know, you and I both play PS4 quite a bit. Um, so I think you, like me, were pretty excited to see, uh, maybe what the, uh, the PS5 release would look like when it would come out, what the price point would be. We knew there was going to be one with and one without a disc drive. Um, so we get that this, this big news of the week, PS5 will launch on November 12th. Um, which is uh, same day as the Series X uh, and Series S, and Man, it'll be it's just it's not just wrestling where they're going to war like this. Gotcha. <laughs> right. Yeah. The Monday Night Wars became the console wars. Uh, uh, you know, it's all all things point back to wrestling, Rich. That's why we like it so much. Is because yep. you know so much of what happens in wrestling is like you know it's the same shit that happens in our everyday lives. Um, yep. But so releasing at the price point, the standard. Um, console for the ps5 is releasing at 499 uh which is the same price as the xbox series x um and then the digital edition which is what they're calling the one that does not come with the disc drive will be releasing at 399 um and Hmm. that is going to be a little bit higher than the 299 that the series s uh that microsoft is putting out has now uh the big difference between like the ps5 digital edition and the series s is that it does look like the PS5 Digital Edition does not have the hardware limitations like the Series S does with the Xbox. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, Xbox, though, and we talked about this some, um, is putting out – they're making their console super available because Microsoft, uh, as you know, Rich, they want you to pay monthly for things. And this is across the board with regardless of what um, you're talking about, whether it's their software, it's like you know, Microsoft Office – if it's you know in the business world, they want everybody on a on a monthly schedule. Recurring because, recurring revenue. Exactly, they want that first of the month check to hit. Um, so, PS5 though, you're gonna have to spend 
the price of the console up front. And then they do have what they call, you know, PlayStation Now, which is similar to Xbox Game Pass. But it's not as robust. They're not offering as many AAA titles. Um, so if you want the big games, the big exclusives that Sony talks about, you're going to have to shell out that 60 to 70 bucks. They haven't really said what the games are going to cost yet um, mm-hmm. on each game. And so for me, uh, you know, I have two kids. I have to be budget conscious when I'm gaming. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you're soon to be married. you got to be budget conscious. Um, you know, money doesn't grow on trees around here. And you know what? Uh, not enough people are buying lawnmower 3.0s using the promo code Zoomplex. Tony, so, I, I was just know, about to so. say, you know, y'all can help <laughs> us out. You know, if y'all want us to be able to play these games and all that. You know. <laughs> right, exactly. So, you know, buy your lawnmower 3.0, use the promo code Zoomplex. And then also, hey, you know, go over to Pro Wrestling Tees, buy your One Nation yeah, Radio yeah, shirt. Sure, sure. Buy your 8-Bit Suplex shirt, which is now on there also. And I will say, if you like to mix it up with your wrestling tees, uh, the Apex Suplex shirt is a white shirt, um, which, you know, for those of us with kids, is kind of a double-edged sword. But, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but that's to say, you know, uh, the there is a little bit more cost associated with the PS5, obviously. Um, with the Xbox Series X, I'm looking at it into my I – can, I can make it work in my, my monthly budget, right? I could say, oh, I can just go to Best Buy um, or GameStop or wherever and say I'm going to do the the payment plan and I'm only paying 35 bucks a month. And that includes the Xbox Game Pass, which every single game that Microsoft produces is going to be on Game Pass, including the brand new Halo game on launch day. Um, so Microsoft saying, hey, just keep, keep this funneling this money, right? And I, I did right. the math last week with Sandy, I think. If you do the payment plan um, for the Xbox Series X, it's two years. You're paying 35 bucks a month, um, and it actually Microsoft winds up getting 850 dollars out of you instead of getting 500 dollars out of you. So they get more money out of you, but you're also as a consumer getting pretty good value, I think. But and, PlayStation and, and that's just, it's just like a cell phone in a sense. Exactly. So exactly. Like, Get the hardware in your hand and then make the money on the yeah, service. Yeah, I, I think it's a very smart move by Microsoft. They're going to reel a lot of people in that that have always been PlayStation people. I think they're they're going to quote unquote cross the line like it's impact. <laughs> but um, I, yeah, I think that's a really smart way they're trying to position this, especially when um, PlayStation Five the disc version launches at 500 it's like fuck it's like what if i have slow internet and i can't right. like download those games like like when i buy a game i gotta wait a day and a half to play it or something and you know you download it, it just takes forever like that's it's like a, yeah. you're paying this extra convenience like it, it doesn't lend itself to um being the most you like you don't get excited to pay five hundred dollars. I don't think because no, uh-uh. it's like yeah, uh, it's just like oh uh, okay. And like you but, said too, like so with the digital edition, right? Okay, let's say okay, it's only three ninety nine, so that's a little bit more manageable. But right, they haven't said how big the hard drive is on it. And the regular edition of the PS five, the hard drive doesn't even touch a terabyte. So mm-hmm. how much storage are you going to have on that PS five that doesn't have a disk drive? And then, like you said, there's internet connection things. There's you know all kinds of stuff that you're if you're trying and to just we don't download know how big everything. Those games are going to be either. No, they're they're going to be bigger than PS4 games. I don't know. Right. I run. I personally run out of space on my PS4 all the time. Same. So and and I don't and I don't download every game I buy. Like I buy hard copies right. still. So same. You know, <laughs> it, it's 
it, it's like every I, so often I'll do a digital and then, you know, I'll, yeah. I'll mix it up here and there. If I, if I catch a really good sale or if it's a game like fire pro that, you know, it's pretty much only available digitally. That's when I, I get the digital copy, but I, I don't think we're at that spot yet with games where I can feel comfortable truly transitioning to a discless option. And I don't mm-hmm. think they're putting enough hardware in the discless option to really make it a viable choice other than to say, look, we're offering you something cheaper. You can't say that. I we're think, dis- I think Xbox has the right idea with a game pass thing to where it's like, all right, there's this big ass archive. You're going to pay for a monthly. And you can play whatever you want. I think yeah. that's what PlayStation should be looking at. And I think they're actually behind on this. They are. And they have that service and, and I had it temporarily, right? Cause they had a couple games on there that I didn't get the chance to play. Um, and but they don't they don't have the really big titles and like even mm-hmm. like they're saying oh look with the ps5 you're gonna get to play god of war you're gonna get to play uncharted 4 rich uncharted 4 came out years ago mm-hmm. why is that a selling point for me to, to get this this game pass for the mem for the or the playstation now uh last yeah, i'm of typically Us, a sports gamer so i'm like where the sports at well, so I'm glad you brought that up because now if you do that $35 a month or for the Xbox Series X or $25 a month for the Series S, that also includes EA Access. Mm-hmm. So if you're a Madden player or you play NHL or FIFA, when those games go live on that service, you're going to have access to it. And so, I mean, yeah. you're, just, you're, just, you're, you're adding more and more and more value, like you said, with, with being able to play these digital uh, libraries and stream them straight off the servers from Microsoft. You don't have to download them onto your hard drive. Um, right. And also if you have a PC, you can play all the Xbox game pass games on your PC also. So there's this, this full synergy. They're making it super available. Um, and I just think Sony's saying, well, okay, let, let me, let me throw a couple of games at you, Rich. So PS five is, has got exclusives, right? That's kind of their big thing that they want to push. Right. Um, is, Spending five hundred dollars on a PS5, and then spending sixty dollars on uh, Spider-Man Miles Morales—is that enough for you to go out and buy a PS5 full price? No, no. And, and to be fair, I'm not in the business of usually buying a system the first year anyway. I probably sure, wouldn't buy sure. it any time before, let's say, next Christmas or whatever. Not yeah. like like Christmas 2021. Well, by that point, there'll probably be you know game bundles and things like that, special editions, and right. uh, you know if you if you buy if you're a launch day buyer, uh, like I'll, I'll openly admit I am most of the time. Uh, <laughs> you don't you don't get the special edition stuff. You don't get the cool stuff that comes with the game and you know the different yeah. print. Like I wound up like I had a a not a launch PS4, but I had a uh, Destiny uh, bundle, like the first Destiny, um, and then I wound up getting rid of that at a certain point. And then I repurchased the PS4 Pro um, which, when they came out with the Spider-Man edition, uh, which is a pretty badass looking PS4. So you don't get mm-hmm. that on launch day. But, you know, okay, so like Spider-Man Miles Morales is on there. Uh, you got Final Fantasy 16 they announced this week. It's going to be an exclusive to PS5. Um, you got the Ratchet & Clank game. You got, you know, the Sackboy game, which is, you know, from Little Big Planet. Um I don't think any of those and the new God of War was announced and things like that. I, I don't think any of those, especially at $60 a piece. Think about it. I mean, if you want, if you want to be a PS five and get those five games, 
you're you're looking at over a thousand dollar investment. Yeah, I should mention it. Yeah, I I will I get a PS5 at some point? Yeah, I am. But if I'm looking at, I want to get the new stuff. I want to play new games. I want to be ready to go. I'm probably as you know. I'm probably leaning Xbox Series X, which I've never been a launch day Microsoft guy, Rich. It's always been either right. Sony or Nintendo. Like, they're, so, like they're, going, they're opening the door. Like, come on in. They and, are. And I think you're gonna see a lot of people start like going backwards too, because like probably like this entire year, I've I've made a habit of regularly playing PS3. Like I've considered doing like an NBA 2K13 resim for youtube or whatever just to sure. kind of go back before like all the microtransactions and everything else so like it's um i think that the game they're walking a slippery rope like playstation as far as like you know we're playstation like you guys yeah. will never leave us like it's not guaranteed i i don't think at least but uh, no i, could be I don't think so I, no there's always going to be that hardcore fan base that says okay yeah. i know that that all the best rpgs are going to be on playstation i know that playstation this type of game is going to be on PlayStation, and these are the games I love. I'm going to get a PlayStation. People might look at PC. They might look at Steam. Like they might do yeah. like a lot of a lot of a lot of other options. And like I said, I mean, Microsoft is totally good if you want to play on a computer. Your Game Pass is good on that too. And oh, by the way, uh, if you have an Xbox uh, One uh, copy of a game, you can play that on the new Series X. Right. Like. It's backwards compatible. You don't have to buy the same game twice. So, like, if you buy an Xbox uh, One game, and then you want to get, they come out with a version of it for One X, you get a free upgrade. Like, you get that game for the One X. You get that One X version, whatever the better version is. You're getting mm. up to that because Microsoft they gotta does. Figure it out. They don't care about the upfront costs. Yeah, they keep they gotta as long as you out. keep as long as you keep coming to the well. They don't care. Just keep on turning that money over, right? Tell you. Hey, hey, just like the wrestling business, right? They're gonna keep doing the same shit until we stop giving them money. And you know what? I don't <laughs> think we, there are people like us, Rich, that will never stop giving them money, and that's kind of part of the problem with yep. some of the uh, wrestling uh, world. <laughs> yeah. Hey, listen, I'll call myself it. I am what I am. <laughs> you know. Yep. So self awareness is a good hey, thing, Rich. Hey. But you know what? Uh, Thing that's does it for this week's uh, episode of Eight Bit Suplex. Um, great having you on, Rich. Love to have you on again. Oh, glad um, to be here, man. Yeah. You know, I I know it's not the uh, the normal uh, wrestling uh, that you uh, digest and talk about. I know it's a lot of like uh, kind of reengaging with some faces that you've seen before, um, and you're seeing them again for the first, you know, in maybe a fresh way. Um, so I hope you enjoyed that. Um, and you know, uh, it was great talking video games with you. And uh, for you know, sure, man. Any anytime uh, Sandy's out, you're welcome to come back. And even if Sandy's here, you're welcome to come back. We'll we'll do a, a triple threat episode. Oh, I appreciate it, man. We have to yeah. we have to have you guys um, you know, come over to uh, O and R one of these weeks. Listen, I I, I am happy to be uh, on O R anytime that you want to have me. I will say, you know, if you, you and James start talking hip hop. Um, and it's not in between 2002 and 2005 mainstream uh, hip hop. Um, I might not be able to participate <laughs> in that conversation. Uh, you know, if you want to talk about uh, uh, Ti's uh, Rubber Band Man, uh, you know, I'm your guy. Uh, any uh, David Banner era yes, stuff, sir. you know, uh, you know, I can uh, I can talk about that stuff. Uh, 
uh, although, yeah, I will say that, uh, and, and just a funny quip that before we get out of here, um, when, when TI came out with what, you know, um, my dad heard that song. Yep. My dad is uh-huh. absolutely no rhythm. And he keyed in on literally just the part where he goes, what, you know, about that. And so my dad would just uh-huh. walk around going, what, you know, about that. And it was just like that kind of, Oh I, you know, man, that, that must've been horrible. Uh, it, it was, it was really bad and became unbearable when he started referring to himself as Mikey Mike. Um, so <laughs> incredible. Yeah. So, you know, hopefully that Got explains, it. you know, to, you know, some of, uh, you know, where my, uh, my quirkiness comes from is, you know, from my dad being kind of a, a weird dude with no rhythm, but, uh, you know, that's to say, uh, happy to be on the show anytime. You're obviously welcome here anytime. Uh, you know, definitely check out One Nation Radio uh, on the Social Suplex Podcast Network, as well as all of our other shows. Um, our show is not the only new show. We also have Grave Consequences, uh, where they uh, break down Lucha Underground. Uh, we have, uh, I believe it's called Great Match Generator. Is that what it's called, Rich? Yes. Um, yep. Uh, with Danny. Um, and then, of course, you know, Ricky and Clive, All Things Elite. Uh, of course, you know, the Ace of Podcasts. Keeping it uh, strong, keep it strong style. style. Ricky um, and Clive, no, Roman, watch this shit. We got we got a right. lot of shows. There's a lot of shows. We went we went uh, you know it's like a five show network to now I think like a nine show network. Uh, you know there's there's yep. it feels like there's new show feeds uh, showing up every time I go to upload, and that's a great thing. Um, love I love yes, spending sir. time with you guys every week. Uh, love talking wrestling, talking video games. Hope you enjoy it too. Uh, Rich uh, does the intro and outro music for this podcast. Uh, you do the intro for uh, for keeping a strong style as well as One Nation Radio, and that's not the only music you do, Rich. So I'll let you go ahead and get your all plugs things, in, bud. All things elite, also. Uh, all things elite, on also. The intro tip. Uh, yeah, I, I just dropped a, a music video this week for uh, my song called Imagine. So uh, it's on my YouTube channel. If you just type in Rich Lada Imagine video, you'll see it pop up. Check yeah, it I'll out. put the link in the show notes um, also. For sure, man. But um, yeah, or Rich Lada and Spotify. Check me out. Yeah, and, and I'm not just blowing smoke. Uh, you know, I listen to Rich's stuff um, when I'm just driving around the car, even with my kids. Uh, my kids are, are too young to know what, what some of those words mean. Um, so <laughs> I, we kind of get away with it there. Um, but, you know, it'll it'll switch between, like, they'll ask to, to hear your rap stuff, and then they'll be like, oh, but what about the one – what about your song, Dad, that he made that they – call, they call you Uncle Rich. They met you once. Um, I think with my, with my kids it's just kind of like – Everybody, everybody that meets their uncle or aunt, I think, because we have a pretty big uh, extended funny. family. So your your uncle Rich, and they're like, oh, what about that song Uncle Rich made for your radio show? Because uh, they don't understand what a podcast is, so we call it a radio show. So uh, yeah. you know, we'll switch. I'll throw that. I'll throw on the eight bit intro, and they're like, okay, we can listen to Uncle Rich's other music now. Yeah. So we're gonna, and then oh, you know, my man, daughter will awesome. be like, my daughter will be like, I want to listen to Tots, which is you know a Disney show uh, soundtrack. So we'll, we'll we keep a balance between Rich Lotta, Tots. Wiggles, you know, eight bit intro. You know, we keep it. Hey we man, keep it loose I, in the I'm, car, try, I'm yeah. trying to, I'm trying to hit that demographic. You know, I, I need the kids. <laughs> well, you know, I heard uh, once upon a time that Trick loves the kids, so maybe Rich Lotta loves the kids. You know? Yes. Yes, man. You never know. You never know. <laughs> All right, man. Well, hey, listen. Uh, we rambled on here at the end. Uh, definitely go check out Social Suplex. Uh, check out Eight uh, Bit Suplex on Twitter. Check out uh, One Nation Radio. Check out. Uh, all the shows on Twitter, uh, Social Suplex um, on Instagram, 
head on over to Pro Wrestling Tees uh, slash Social Suplex. Get yourself to the official merch. Um, and with that, Rich, you got anything else for the people? Um, everybody, wear a mask. Yeah, uh, <laughs> wear a mask. Wash your hands. Uh, you know, social distance. Wash we'll your hands. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was. <laughs> I as as James always loves to say, wash your ass. Yep. All right. I think that's the send off. So, uh, everyone, uh, we'll see you next week. Uh, we'll have a different uh, guest host in the in the seat with me. Uh, someone making this podcast debut, I believe. Um, I'm excited for it. I know Rich, you'll tune in for it. Uh, oh yeah, this is gonna be great. Can't just, wait. We had this is a guy, and, and I'll just give this uh, teaser. And uh, we're we're the two dads in the group chat. Um, so uh, we had we had theorized about doing a dad pod, um, but then decided that uh, you know two two sub middle aged white men on the internet didn't need another podcast. But we're giving it to you anyways. So tune in next week for the for the, the special dad edition of 8-Bit Suplex. And uh, with that, you know, we'll, uh, we'll see you next week. See you later. Peace.